Well, what's going on, guys? Thank you so much for joining us on our gathering on Wednesday nights. Make sure you're at a table with at least a few other bodies. We're going to do some table talk tonight, and that's one of the best things about Wednesday. So make some new friends if you're not around some people. Let's give a big hand to our worship team. That was awesome. You could definitely feel the Holy Spirit. Thank you to our cooking team. A kind of a thank you to my buddy Matthew who did an amazing communion. Uh, but we're so thankful you're here. We know that we took a break from our verse by verse. Last week we had our, our little Thanksgiving get together where we just like to have an open mic and let people share how God's bringing joy in our lives. And now we're back into it going verse by verse through the Gospel of John. And we have been going through some amazing things that Jesus has done. And, I mean, powerful things. And what we're going to study tonight is just how powerful he is and how humble he is at the same time. Something that we need to take in our own lives and check our hearts to see where we are on our walk. But there's some, some crazy things we've seen. Jesus has, has healed the sick. He's given vision to the blind. In fact, he has raised someone from the dead. All of this has been happening on his journey. And now because he's been performing so many miracles and attention has been brought to him, and rightly so, now they're out to get Jesus and they're trying to arrest him. So these are essentially the last days of his life that we get to go through. But we saw these amazing miracles that we would envision what our powerful Savior would do. I envision him standing mighty before everyone and healing all the sick. Giving everyone vision. Picking people up that are crippled. A powerful Savior. And what we are going to study tonight is that our powerful Savior is going to perform an act that a lowly servant would do. And that's the type of Jesus we have. Someone to care so much for us, to show us these acts of humility and love. So tonight we're going to learn what it means to be a true disciple. How we lead and how we learn from the examples given to us. How we bring that into our own everyday lives. So we're going to jump right into scripture tonight. If you guys are able to stand, please stand with me and open up your Bibles It'll be on the Sky Bible as well. So we're going to go through chapter 13, verses 1 and 2 of John. It says, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for always being in control. We thank you for this chance to examine your ministry so that we continue to learn from it. You've given us some amazing examples to learn from, some great people to learn from, but also some people that have made mistakes that we definitely have to learn from, Lord. So we ask you to open our hearts tonight, open our minds, and just show us something new from this scripture we may have seen many times. We know that it will always change. So, Lord, just speak to us tonight and reveal something new to us. It's your name we pray. Amen.
So Jesus knows that his hour is just about to come to pass. And I think that's just so amazing that he's able to live life knowing what awaits him, the pain and the torture that is going to be right in front of him that he's going to have to experience. And yet he's still able to do things like this. He is hanging out with his disciples, the people that he has walked with and taught, spoken to their lives. He's had them grow with him. These people that he loved dearly, and it says it right there. These are the disciples that he loved. And he loves them so much that he's going to continue teaching up until the very last moments of his life. What a true teacher. Everything we are about to read through chapter 13 is done out of love. This is a theme that we'll carry through through the verses of chapter 13. Everything is done out of love and how much he loves his disciples. He loves us and wants to be a part of us. So he's showing them some important life lessons that we're about to go through. And he's going through this love. And I think this is amazing. I want to go through it one more time. He said he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. He's loving every single one of them. It doesn't say he does not love Judas. He's loving someone so difficult in his life he knows is going to betray him. What a true definition of love. So this is what we're going to start off with with our table talk tonight, because like I said, we're going to learn about love tonight, and we're going to learn about servanthood. They go hand in hand. So our first table talk this evening is, who do you love? Who are you walking with and teaching and living life with? Exactly what Jesus has been doing, hanging out with the people he loves. Who's your inner circle that you've been walking with? Whether it be in church, at home, at work. Go ahead and take some time and just talk about the people around you and what they mean to you. This is such an important question to go through and sometimes we forget about it. Because in our walk, as believers, we're bringing people along with us. We have an example to live by in Jesus Christ that we need to show people that he's a part of our lives. So we are walking, talking, and learning all at the same time. So it's important to know who you're walking with. And it just shows that Jesus loves his disciples. He loved to hang out with them. He loved to teach them. So everywhere that he went, he took a group of people with him normally to show them the situations he was in, what they were going to go through, and how he would get through it. So we need to be doing the same thing. We need to live life and pour into people. A leader doesn't just say things. He often shows them by example. So we continue on in verse 3. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. Jesus knows that the Father would give him authority over everything. So Jesus is the man. We need to establish that right now. Jesus is above all. So when you get that, this is Jesus. He's able to be up here. He needs to be lifted up. He deserves to be glorified and lifted up. He is the CEO. He is the president. He is anything you want to call someone in a leadership role. That is Jesus Christ. And what he does is amazing, and he shows us this example 
for what we're going to go through in everyday lives. We all have bosses, and we all have people that are watching over us and teaching, trying to instruct us. And what Jesus does is the way that a leader is supposed to be, is that he doesn't just bark orders from up here. He doesn't just tell you to do something he wouldn't do. Jesus gets down, and this is the image that he's going to show over and over. And he doesn't just get down a little bit. He gets completely down where he goes down to his knees, we're about to see, and his hands. And he is getting dirty because that's what a leader does. He's leading by example, showing us that he is willing to get dirty with his disciples and show them what it means to actually walk with him. Because he knows by him walking with them, going place to place and showing them, he knows that they're able to then continue on the mission because they've been through it. That is what a true leader is. And that's the authority that he is able to have, that he can come up from this place and get down with us and do some amazing things. So let's see what he did. Verses 4 and 5. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had around him. The person that has all authority over everything removes his robe, gets a towel, and puts it on his waist. He's connected to everything that's about to happen, and he's going to use this to wipe the disciples' feet Wash them clean, showing what it means to be a true servant. The man that has authority over everything is about to get the dirt, the grime, and everything nasty that's associated with feet. And feet are nasty. Let's just face it, guys. They're gross. Especially, you got to imagine back then. So you're wearing flip-flops if you had them. That's what I'm hip, so you can say flip-flops back then. And they're walking everywhere. And what they're saying is, today's day and age, we walk 10,000 steps. Imagine what it was back then, because they didn't have any, you know, vehicles or anything. They didn't have any money, so they're just walking everywhere. So they're walking, not just dirt, but they're walking in spit. They're walking in feces, animal feces, and who knows what other things have been dropped all over the food waste. Everything is just piled onto this ground that they're walking on, just caking on their feet. And let's just get even more gross stuff about feet. (laughs) What could possibly make that even more revolting than stepping in like human feces and dog feces and donkey feces? Well, how about stepping in feces with cuts on your feet or blisters? Yeah, that's gross. This is feet, but we got to get this image because this is how much Jesus loves his disciples. They're walking everywhere. They're not lazy. So who knows how their feet were? 100% of all infectious diseases are spread by contact, whether it's direct or indirect. Nasty feet. And here is the most amazing man with authority over everything about to wash their feet. And it's not like it is now. Even now, our, our feet are nasty, but yet we're able to go to salons. And if you want to drop, you know, 45 bucks to a, a, a hole-in-the-wall place to get a nice pedicure, you can. If you want to go to the high-end resort, you can drop 160 bucks. And it's different. They're, they're, they really pamper you there. You get to stay in this 
massage chair. Some people have little fish that eat the gunk off your feet. And they have this pumice stone. They're putting oil and everything on your feet. It's a true luxury. But back then, they didn't have that. It's just these nasty feet that you walked everywhere through, completely worn down. And Jesus is willing to wash their feet. Back then, they didn't have salons, but they had the salon of Jesus Christ and pedicures, which is guaranteed to bring your feet back to life. I'm going to think about that. Bring your feet back to life as a joke. You guys are, that was really good. I don't care. I was so pumped. I thought for sure you'd like that one. All right. But so just imagine that awful thing of feet. And all he has is this water basin and a towel that was attached to his rope belt. Jesus got up from the dinner table and began to wash the disciples' feet. A true act of something, a vision I will never get out of my head, and I can't even imagine what it was like for the disciples experiencing this. Washing a guest's feet was made for the house servant. But Jesus is showing that his host always takes care of his guests, that we will serve people. And Jesus is amazing because, yes, he has all authority, but he was also prophesied to be the servant. We see it all throughout Scripture. There's no greater servanthood than laying down one's life for us. But it says in Isaiah chapter 42, where it's spoken way back in Old Testament, Look at my servant whom I strengthen. He is my chosen one who pleases me. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. That first part says, look at my servant who I strengthen. And then later on in chapter 49, and now the Lord speaks, the one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant, who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him. The Lord has honored me, and my God has given me strength. Jesus came down to show us what true servanthood looks like. He is the best leader to show us by example of what it actually means to love people and to serve them and to look after people and actually care for people and build relationships with people and pour everything that we have into people. Jesus is an amazing teacher. And like I was saying, I couldn't even imagine what it was like for the people. Peter gets it. He says it in verse 6 and 7. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. I always enjoy when Jesus picks on Peter because he's as stubborn, as hard-headed as we are. And he's just saying what's exactly on his mind. Like, you're my boss. Like, you're my savior. I don't, I don't want you to wash my feet. Like, I can, you want me to wash your feet? He's trying to put all the pieces together. This has to be something so different for him to see what's going on at this moment. Like, why is the man with authority over everything going to wash my feet? Seeing his master act like a servant had to confuse him. But here Jesus is showing him to be a leader, you must first be a servant to look over people. 
If you aren't willing to serve those around you, then you have no business being a leader. And this is hard for a lot of leaders to talk about, but if we're not willing to actually serve alongside people, we shouldn't be put up in a position of higher anything. Because this is a whole team thing we need to work with. So Peter goes on, no, Peter protested in verse 8, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. This is one of those read-between-the-line comments that Jesus is notorious for. So he's saying, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. And as I study this, I just have this picture of Jesus washing all of our sins away. That is what he's trying to communicate with Peter at this moment. It's like, if you want to be my follower, you have to let me do this. I'm washing everything away from your life. And the other statement I love to kind of pick this apart is that the hardest thing for me in this moment would be to submit to Jesus to let him do this. That would be incredibly hard for me to do. And I can see it's incredibly hard for Peter. But unless he learns humility, unless he lets Jesus wash his feet and he becomes okay with that, seeing that's what he has to do, then he's not going to have that relationship with Jesus after all. He has to understand and under why he wants to wash his feet. He has to humbly let our Savior do this act of kindness. And then after he wants to just take a bath because he's so pumped up about it. Once it all starts to click in Peter's mind of what's going on, it's like, yeah, wash everything. Let's just do this. That's how we need to be with Jesus Christ. We need to be ready to humbly accept some of the things that he's bringing into our life. We need to be ready to get dirty and to serve. So we're going to wash each other's feet right now. I was going to bring the bowls up. No, I'm not serious, dude. That's gross. I just told you I hate feet. But this is what I'm talking about is a servanthood that's going along with this. When was the last time, this is going to be our next table talk, when was the last time you actually served somebody or served a group of people or went out of your way to do something? Jesus is serving his disciples at this moment. The most powerful being is serving us. So we need to talk about our own lives. We talked about love, so you may love someone. Have you served them recently? So go ahead and go around your table and talk about the last time and what you did in that act of kindness and servanthood. So says, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. 
you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right because that's who I am. Jesus understands the authority. And again, this image is he's standing up. You call me teacher and Lord. I'm up here. And yet he was just putting his garments back on after washing their feet. Jesus, in everything normal, should be the one being served at this moment. He is high up. And he flips the world upside down and he becomes the one to serve other people. This is an important lesson for us to get through. He is down there with the people. And he says, do you understand what I'm doing? It's like, I'm doing this for a reason. I'm up here and I'm able to wash your feet. Because I'm not going to be around here forever, so you need to understand what I'm doing. I'm down here, so now it's your turn. You should be able to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example of what it means to be a follower, a believer. If you believe in me, you need to go do what I've been doing. So let's walk. Let's wash each other's feet and serve each other. He's giving an amazing example. If you want to call yourself a believer or a follower, we have to be willingly and joyfully ready to get down on the ground and get dirty. Being a believer isn't always pretty mirrors walking around and delicate flowers. A lot of times it's going to be getting down in the muck and mire. Maybe brushing elbows with someone you may not be comfortable with but showing the love of Christ every single place you go and serving them like they're your best friend. We are made to go out in this world and continue Jesus' mission of showing grace, mercy, and love and serving every step of the way. These men who he's been teaching are about to embark on their next journey. Because like we said at the beginning of this message, his time was coming towards an end. He wasn't going to be there giving these examples much longer. So these are the ones that continue it on. They're the ones about to go out continue spreading this message. But it goes further than that. This isn't written just for them. This is written for us. We are the ones going out to continue spreading this message. To show what servanthood means to us because we've been taught by the greatest example ever. It even says it in verse 15 through 17. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is a messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. I have given you an example to follow. This is amazing. He's given us this chance to look to it. Do as I have done to you. We have been given an example to look through. When we face difficult situations in our life, when we become a leader in our own everyday walk, we begin an example of what to look for. And we have these ten things of what... An amazing leader, Jesus, has given us an example for. 
or we didn't. It's one of the two. But Jesus, I'll just tell you because it's really good stuff. Jesus gave us his ten things that are amazing as a leader in servanthood. Jesus was not, yeah, was not self-promoting. He didn't stand up on a chair like I'm doing and saying, yeah, I'm really good. I'm the best. He let his actions speak for him. He didn't have to be self-promoting. People could see the miracles because he gave all the glory to God every time he did something. Jesus was obedient. He saw beginning to end. He knew what was in front of him. And yet he still carried through with his earthly ministry knowing that he was going to be put to death on a cross. That's obedience to me. Jesus can cast vision. He knew what was going to happen. And he equipped the people around him to get them ready for the end result of once he's not there, he's able to know that they're in good hands moving forward. Jesus was a strategic team builder. And you can see that right now. His disciples knew his ins and his outs. When they had questions, he would answer it. And he knew how to get them ready for what was about to happen. Jesus built relationships. Jesus showed control and patience. And that goes hand in hand. And we can see that with Judas. Control and patience sitting across from a table with someone that would betray them. Jesus took a crisis head on. He prayed daily. And Jesus empowered others. That's a mark of a true leader. Giving other people a chance to start moving forward. So when we start moving up in our own everyday lives, this is what we need to look for. These are the examples that we get to go through. Because if you have these qualities as a leader, that almost guarantees that you will not fail. Being true to Jesus and following the model that he gave us. And giving an example is something we all need to start striving for. We've all had people in our lives. You may have had great parents that were a perfect example. If they weren't in your life, you had great grandparents that may have been a great example. You have people in your workplace. There's people all around us that we kind of look to try to gravitate towards and learn from them. I've been blessed enough to, to grow under some amazing pastors that look at Jesus Christ as the example. And so I'm able to take what's going on in their lives and apply that to my own life. That's what it means when you walk and live life with the people. I know that I can use them as an example because they will walk and talk with me and teach me. They will show me the, the rights and the wrongs and where they've fallen in the past to just give me a better chance to succeed. It's that inner circle of how we need to be there. They love, the love they have for me is the love that Jesus has for every one of us. If you need an example in your life, look no further than him. He needs to be at the top of everyone's list. When we watch and listen, we learn. We are about to become Jesus' representatives out in this world. His disciples were about to experience that, and it still holds true for us today. Where we take his words, his salvation story, and we are now serving other people and using that word to bring more people to him. There are so many people out there that don't know Jesus, and it's now our chance to get dirty, walk, and start using the gifts that God has given us to show people what it's like to be a true believer, to love people, to serve them, to just let them have everything. 
when we realize that we are nothing without the power of God in our lives, it's the moment that it all starts to make sense. And we close out our verses tonight, 18 through 20. So I'm not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but this fulfills a scripture that says, the one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me, and anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. When I send you out in my name, under my authority, and under my word, you represent me. That's why he showed them every single step of the way. They are pieces of Jesus Christ going from place to place, telling them all about the amazing Savior of what he has in store for us. Jesus is preparing and authorizing us for an unspeakably challenging high calling. To be placed in a place of leadership doesn't always just mean a stage here. It means placed in leadership in your own home, your place of work. We have been called to be leaders in this world and to point people to Jesus. We need to act like Jesus but this isn't for everyone. Not everyone is going to be an immaculate leader, the perfect leader. And that's why Jesus makes sure to, to send us out and call Judas a punk for what he did. <laughs> he says, I know the ones I have chosen. He says, I tell you this beforehand. When it happens, you'll believe me. I'm the Messiah. I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes a messenger is welcoming me. The Father has sent me. He knows who's in his life. He's chosen him. He's even chosen Judas who he's saying is about to eat the bread, that's the one who plotted against me. He knows it. This isn't a mess up like, oh, I didn't mean to choose him. He chose him knowing what was going to happen because he wants to show how you truly love someone in this instance. How control he is, knowing that he has taken the whole plan. How to love in the face of pain and betrayal. So the most straightforward point of this whole story is Jesus giving his disciples the examples of what it means to go out and be him. That's the whole point of this scripture. That we have to get to the point where we are able to look in a mirror and envision Jesus being in our lives. Like he's looking right back at us. So if we feel like we're lacking in certain places in our own leadership, in our own households, in our own daily walk, if we see that our circle is not much a circle but more of a dot because it's just us or we're not walking or living life with people, there's some things we got to work on. Start walking with this group of people. This is why we do Wednesday nights so we can walk and talk and learn together. Grab a hold of some people and start walking, learning from them. Get out there and start serving. It's not just a Thanksgiving, hey, we need to go serve on one day that everyone gives thanks. We need to start living this life together, going out of our way to start showing the love that Jesus showed for all of us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this, this life. We thank you for a chance to learn from the ultimate teacher. We thank you for washing us clean, 
and yet getting dirty with us, Lord. We thank you for showing us such an amazing example that the most authoritative being would stoop down, get on his hands and knees, and wash away our feet. Lord, we're thankful that we have such a humble Savior, that you have such a willing heart. We just ask you to to bring that even more forward in our own hearts, that we continue looking for people to help serve, that we continue walking boldly to, to give your vision and this mission that you've given us. The gift of salvation is something that we need to share with the entire world. So give us the boldness, Lord. It's your name we pray. Amen.